0: You know, sometimes you're, you're on this level where you're, I'm working with pros, I'm making money, everything's going well, nothing can stop me. I have arrived, you know, that's a facade.
1: If you're a professional singer, want to know how to turn singing into a career, or simply love to hear stories from singers on the road, then The Working Singer is the podcast for you. I chat with pro singers about how they make a creative living in the music business, lending their talent to stars like Enrique Iglesias, The Killers, Elvis Costello, and more. They share life lessons, business advice, and how they make a living when they're off the road. We'll also discuss vocal health, technique, performance, coaching, and pretty much all things vocal. Elevate your approach to your singing career, get enlightened about what the pros do, and be inspired with new ideas that you can make your own. My name is Jamila Ford, and this is The Working Singer Podcast. Hello, welcome, 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 everybody. Thank you so much for joining me today. I so appreciate you being here. I'm so happy that you're here. I know that there are a ton of things that you could be doing right now when you're listening, you're checking in, and... That means a lot, and I'm also feeling like uh, my voice is extra deep today. I I sang at a venue last night uh, that has smoking in it. Apparently, they just allow you to smoke, and so uh, the voice is deep, and that's hot. But it's not good for me. <laughs> I, I felt it as soon as I walked in there. Um, it just immediately affected my voice. So anyway. That happened. Um, we've got a great show for you today. I have Carol Hatchett on. Um, I've known her for years. She is so wonderful, so compassionate. She has had my back so much. I'm actually going to cry right now. I can't be on here crying, but she is just a wonderful human being. Says what she means, means what she says. You don't find that a lot. And I was very, I've was i been very lucky to know her and to find her in this life. She is wonderful. Carol has worked for Bette Midler, Tina Turner, Sheila E., just to name a few. She has had a really long career. She knows a lot. She's seen a lot. She has remained classy through all of it. Um, and we're going to talk about, you know, what she's learned working with these people. She's, you know, become really good friends with Sheila E. So we talk about that. And actually, I did get to meet Sheila E. once, um, years ago. Um, I was part of a group that used to do like one night a month at, uh, Cafe Cordial, which is no longer open anymore. It was a group that Carol and her husband had put together and it was just a rotating cast of, uh, singers. Um, that's where I met also met Melanie Taylor, who I interviewed in episode six, and so it was a night where um, what it happened it was a live band. There were like maybe four singers. One person would sing lead, while the rest would sing backup, and that kind of we did like three sets or so, and people would come and sit in. So that was kind of the the way the whole night was set up. And um, Sheila E. Uh, came and sat in with us, um, played drums um, on a song. I think she played drums on a few songs, but she did play drums on a song that I sang lead on. It's actually posted on YouTube. Um, and if I find it, I, I'll i uh, put it in the show notes because um, that was like a fun night. And she is so cool. And she... Um, actually, I think she came to a few of those nights and one of them like she, you know, I I did one of my original songs, I didn't even know she was in the audience. And she complimented me. And she was so nice and gracious and cool looking. I didn't know who she was when she came in the room. But there was just something about her. I was like, that is somebody she had on like really cool sunglasses, and a nice hat. And (laughs) you could just tell some folks have that about them and um anyway she was really nice and just you know really talented and yeah at one point we all uh what is it she got up she played the drums and she also sang glamorous life and we all um sang along with that that was so much freaking fun what a fun night i forgot all about that until now so um Yeah, we we talk about um a little bit about Sheila E. You know, what's funny is I used to I mean, years ago, I mean, I was a little kid, but I would always confuse Sheila E. And Sheena E. I had no clue. What was the difference? That was very confusing to me as a child. (laughs) I'll just say that holler if you hear me. But um so you get the benefit of all of the wisdom that Carol has picked up over the years. Um and she says some great things. There are so many great takeaways from this episode, so I want you to get them. Um yeah, so everything she's learned working with just some of the biggest stars and um, you know, also the advice that she gives her students, you know, um just really good stuff. Really, really um really great stuff just about doing the work and uh you know being grounded in reality and the fact that there is no real destination to any of this you just have to keep working and having goals for yourself and um trying to keep it fresh so she um we get into all of that and it's just so good and i'm so excited for you guys to hear all of this so without further ado the fabulous, the wonderful, the compassionate, the amazing, the beautiful, the long-legged, legs for days, Carol Hatchett. Carol, thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate it.
0: Oh, thank you for having me.
1: So where did you grow up? Where Where are you from?
0: I'm from Chicago, Chicago, Illinois, born and raised. West side of Chicago, to be specific, and that will matter to to all the folks that are from Chicago, <laughs> <laughs> we usually, uh, uh, you know, describe ourselves as, uh, which part of town we're from, you know, I'm mm. from the West side, I'm from the South side, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, I'm a West Sider. Mm. Absolutely.
1: And what does it mean to be from the West side?
0: You know what? Um, I, it usually means, you know, um, glass no grass type of thing <laughs> and to be specific. Mm. It's like it's an inner city, you know, uh predominantly um African American, the neighborhood I grew up in, mixed mm-hmm. with Hispanics, um, you know, um, and lower lower middle class. Mm. Yeah. So you kind of come from an area that's not really privileged, um, you know, and where you kind of have to fight to, um, survive and get where you want to get to Mm. and make your dreams come true type of, uh, type of thing. It it, it really, um, it really felt like that growing up. I was always told, you know, you're going to have to put in the work, you're going to have to do the work, you're going to have to decide, um, how far you want to go
1: and you're going to have to put in the
0: work. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that's where I came from, inner city, West, Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm. And so um, what was life uh, like growing up? Were your parents musical?
0: My father is a singer. um, And he's from the South. Both of my parents are from the South. Um, My mom is from uh, Missouri, Charleston, Missouri. And my father is from Arkansas, Osceola, Arkansas. And they uh, both grew up in the church. Um, uh, Black Baptist Church. My father is a singer and he grew up singing in the church. and when uh, they both migrated north <laughs> to Chicago, um mm-hmm. then my father continued to sing, but secular music, you know, contemporary mm-hmm. music, which was really you know a, a no-no coming from um Black Baptist churches. You kind of, you know, you continue to sing sing the gospel and Mm -hmm. uh, sing the Lord's praise. You don't switch over to the devil's music type of thing. So Mm. um, that was kind of a stigma that he carried around. But he sang um, Mm. in a lot of bands um, that were put together on the west side of Chicago. Local Mm -hmm. bands, you know, local musicians, local gigs in taverns, you know, which were... Mm. Pretty much, you know, clubs, local clubs. Mm. Uh, and I did a couple of those gigs with him when I was quote-unquote old enough. I was about 16, and I did a couple mm. of gigs with him singing. I, I grew up watching him in, in, in the mm. rehearsals and stuff like that. So this kind of thing was, like, normal to me. Oh, dad's mm. doing gigs, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. one day I'll get to sing with him, and I did uh, mm. a, a couple gigs at the local clubs with him, local, local taverns. On the hush-hush, underage, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what songs you sang? Oh, my gosh. T- to be honest with you, Jamila, the songs <laughs> that we sang are the songs that I'm still singing right now. Oh, wow. And that's what makes these local gigs really interesting to me. The music has, uh, I don't know, lasted yeah. for so long. And it was all R&B. Um, blues uh, you know and funk this is the music I grew up on and this uh, the music that my father was singing and the music that I'm singing now uh, in these in the local bands that I sing in around town in Los Angeles so yeah same music isn't that crazy? That is amazing yeah you but, know Motown <laughs> you know uh, and, you know all that all that kind of that really good. R&B soul
1: music. hmm I guess it's not so great. You know, that music is so good. You yeah. know, it, of course it's enduring. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I remember the melodies from those songs. You know, when we're on these gigs, I'm like, uh, you know, I need my iPad to, to remember the words. But, <laughs> but the <laughs> melodies, I remember all these tunes. I, you know, I grew up listening to them. So that's, that's carried over into my uh, professional uh Hmm. life
1: yeah that's awesome um and i know you you dance as well when did that start for you
0: that started for me that's 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 uh i didn't grow up dancing i grew uh, i discovered dance when i had an ancillary dance uh, ancillary class to take at my school i went to um the Chicago High School for Metropolitan Studies and we call it Metro High School it's it's defunct now it doesn't exist anymore but mm. at the time it was called the school with no walls and we take all these um ancillary classes and these outside classes classes outside of the the high school and mm-hmm. I needed some of these classes and um at UIC my future uh college I didn't know at the time obviously they had this ancillary class and it was being taught by um Nancy Tynowitz, my mentor and really good friend. And she was teaching this dance class and I said, like, I'll take this class. It sounds interesting. Uh, and it was, I think it was a beginning jazz class. And I took this mm-hmm. class and she said, you know what? I think we could get you, you got some natural talent here. We can get you a scholarship. And I was about 16 at the time. And mm-hmm. It meant nothing to me what she was saying. I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and she got <laughs> me a scholarship at the um, Joel Hall School of Dance, and um, and that's how it started. At sixteen, that was that, and that's very late for a dancer. And I got a on a scholarship program where wow. I be jazz, modern, ballet. There was no hip hop at the time, believe it or not, kids. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm aging myself, but yeah. So, and I thought it was great. It was a nice um, uh, escape and kind of a cultural thing that I, 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 I thought it was cool. It's like I'm gonna go take some yeah. classes and meet new people and take the train to dance class and you know get my leotards and my jazz shoes and my ballet slippers and it was it was good it was good for me especially at that time when you need um in your life some discipline and focus Mm. and the discipline of dance was perfect it was great
1: Mm. wow yeah so then um you did that you graduated from high school and
0: then what happened graduated from high school a year early because of all these great um classes that I was allowed to take. And I was ambitious. I was ambitious in grammar school because that's the first time I was told you got to decide if you want to succeed or not um, Mm. uh, to get the grades and to move on. And in high school, I had the opportunity to do that. And I graduated a year early. So I landed at the University of Illinois, Chicago, UIC, at the age of 17, um, where I stayed at home to to go to college because my mom thought I was too young to kind of go away. Um, mm. so I stayed there and, uh, did four years at UIC with a major in broadcasting and a minor in dance because you couldn't have a, um, they didn't have, they didn't offer at the time a major in dance mm. and broadcasting was really interesting to me. I wanted to be, uh, I wanted to be Spike Lee. I wanted to be like a mini Spike Lee, <laughs> but really? very interested in, tell in, uh, in film and television and Mm. uh and so um that was my major at uic
1: wow um were you like writing scripts were you shooting footage like what were you doing my
0: thing was actually not writing it was um you know shooting um uh, video and, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, all of the assignments were, you know, make commercials, you know, do, um, you know, kind of news anchor, mock uh, anchor uh, sessions and things like that. I found all of that fascinating working with the cameras mm-hmm. and being uh, both in front and behind the camera. And I thought, I just, I just love that world. And then I did a internship, a radio internship um, which is another world, but still relative, you know? And I, mm-hmm. I was fascinated with radio also, which is, uh, you know, uh, a really interesting um, medium um, because mm-hmm. you can't see anything, <laughs> you know? But you can <laughs> you hear everything and it's a really, really, they stay really tight on schedule. And I was fascinated with that also. So media um, and those mediums of of radio and television, I thought it was great. I was fascinated. I was I was hooked.
1: Mm. And I think at one point in the past, you mentioned that you had um, attended Alvin Ailey.
0: Yeah, I got a scholarship uh, at UIC to go to to attend. Um, they'd have, UIC, I mean, uh, Ailey would have these uh, summer programs. Mm-hmm. And uh, UIC said, hey, you know, there's a, a recruiter coming here. Would you like to audition? And if you get this program, then we'll fund... Um, you know, whatever it takes uh, for you to be on scholarship there, because that represents the school. And I auditioned and they took me in and I went to, to uh, um, Alvin Ailey's uh, summer intensive program. That's what they call it, a summer intensive. Mm -hmm. And um, that was in New York city for, you know, for summer. And I studied every type of dance there. It was when Mr. Ailey was alive and I got a chance to watch him teach his Uh, classes and teach his company. And I studied uh, um, all types of modern dance, Dunham, Graham, things I hadn't been exposed to. um, And, uh, Mm. you know, point, ballet, uh, point, and just really amazing experience. And I think I was 17, 18 years old, something like that. And it was, and New York was fascinating, of course. Mm, I, I just, bet. Yeah. Wow. And I'm already a city kid from Chicago, but New York had another pace to it, um, which I loved. And mm. it was a wonderful experience. It really kind of colored where I was going to go next because Alvin Ailey is a theater company, a dance theater company. Um, and so I was exposed to the, the idea of singing and dancing in theater um, there, yeah. you know, so um, all of these things just kind of lined up and connected. And I had these dec- wonderful experiences. I was very blessed to have all these opportunities and experiences with great teachers yeah. and in great institutions. And, you know, I'm a mm-hmm. public school kid, you know, I didn't have any private school experiences or, you know, private lessons. I just got mm-hmm. really blessed to have some really great opportunities with some really really great people who were Mm. interested in giving me something um Mm. which i took every second of it and ran with it so yeah Mm. yeah
1: that's beautiful yeah it was great and so through all of this how did music and and singing kind of like interweave itself with communications and a dance minor and you know all of that it all
0: made sense, it all came easily. The singing made sense because of my dad, the dance made sense because I think I had a lot of, you know, kind of natural physical abilities type of thing that kind of made it not difficult for me to understand technically mm. what I was being taught, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it, it just made sense. And then I I would get these opportunities to use one or both of them at the same, yeah. you know, um, as i was As I was going along and getting my education and getting an education was exceptional too going to, going to college was a big deal. It opened my eyes to the fact that mm. the world was bigger than my neighborhood, you know mm. in chicago and then um, and that the systems there were many systems out there that I should be aware of, and then if I wanted to sing and dance or be a performer for a living. Um, that I'd have to deal with the systems that were happening out there, and that's what a basic college education um, mm. did for me. It it gave mm. me an understand, understanding of how the world works. You know mm. that I wasn't really getting, you know, just being in my in my on my own planet. You know, at home. So mm-hmm. uh, I advocate <laughs> getting mm-hmm. a higher education. Uh, yeah. to, to, to everyone. It, it, you, it really makes you understand how things actually work. And so I would have this opportunity uh, with the scholarships and with my mentors, Nancy mm-hmm. Tynowitz um, and Barbara McKinney in high school, at Metro High School. Mm-hmm. She was, I was a pom-pom girl and she, as she you know, she, she was always, you know, really so much like, you know, oh, you have this, you know, really great ability. Why don't you, you know, go forward? Yeah, I was just always nurtured in some small Mm -hmm. way that I took from my mentors, people who were, you know, willing to, you know, whisper in my ear and say, Hey, you know, keep going, you know, you're good at Mm -hmm. that. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a possibility for you go that way, continue to go on. So I took all of that with me. um, And then I took the the opportunities that I was giving. And right after college, I decided, you know, I went to New York. I want to go to LA. And literally I got, uh, on a train <laughs> and came to Los Angeles and I stayed with my cousin who lived in Orange County. And, um, I was, I was that girl, <laughs> I, was, wow. I was, I was willing to take, uh, you know, uh, chances and adventures that weren't wow. necessarily plotted out for me. So yeah
1: yeah why not that's the age to do it Absolutely. i mean really anything is the age to do it but i mean especially then
0: <laughs> yeah a little crazy i was a little crazy you know I, was little, <laughs> I, I admit that but uh but uh and a little you know fearless and just thought you know um from the great nurturing that i had and just thought i could i can i, mm. I will type of thing
1: nice yeah yeah i love that so when you got out to um when you got out to Orange County, did you, what was that like? Did you have a day job or how did it work? Well, it was really crazy.
0: I came out to Los Angeles because um, I wanted to do music videos and this, that was the place to do it. Since New York was theater, predominantly theater, then, uh, you know, LA was going to be where I would get a chance to be in a Janet Jackson music video by, by hook or by crook. Right. (laughs) I I studied, I'm I'm an MTV baby and I kind of, you know, watch those videos and, and learn the choreography backwards, of course, because I watched it on television. And um, there was one time in Chicago, there was a hair show and Frank Gatson, the famous choreographer, Frank Gatson, he was choreographing this hair show and he used local dancers and I was one of them. And he said, when you come out to L.A., you reach out to me and I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll use you. And as soon as mm. I got to L.A., I thought, uh, I'm going to find Frank Gatson and Somehow I did and he used me in a commercial, but uh, yeah, I know it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, your journey is almost written for you, but he used Mm -hmm. me in a commercial. And then from, from, from using me in the commercial, I um, realized that you had to get an agent. And at the time Mm -hmm. as the Bobby ball agency was the big dance agent, since that's the road I was taking. And um, I auditioned uh, or some music videos through the Bobby Ball agency at the time, and Fatima Robinson hired me in a lot of hip hop videos, and I mm-hmm. met Tony Basil, my mentor. Mm. Um, you know, uh, another mentor I had. I met her at uh, the Palladium nightclub. I was dancing as a dancer there, and she saw that I had some technical skills. I'm doing pirouettes on this uh, on this little uh, you know riser, and she said, "Hey, let's let's exchange some classes." Uh, you teach me what you know, I'll teach you what I know. And we'll do some classes. And from there, I became her assistant. So all of these things just started to, you know, piece together. But meanwhile, when I first came to Los Angeles, and I'm in I'm in Orange County, I'm like, where am I? What what am I supposed (laughs) to do here? So I realized very quickly, it was about who you knew or, you know, and and where you were. So it was mm. about getting to an agent, getting into L.A., knowing where people were, being on the scene, being where it was happening. And, mm. uh, you know, Santa Ana was not where it was happening at the time in terms of <laughs> booking gigs. Yeah. So it took me a minute to figure that out because, you know, I didn't have the resources. But I, I, it was a good age, once again, to kind of plow through it and figure it out. So. Mm. ultimately just getting to LA enter LA, into LA proper with an with an agent got me to audition and to meet choreographers uh mm-hmm. you know and and kind of spread my wings there
1: mm. and what was your first uh kind of big gig
0: ah my first big gig I'm so happy to say Um, The (laughs) choreographer was Fatima Robinson again, and it was the music video, Remember the Time with Michael Jackson.
1: Oh, wow. I
0: know, right?
1: (laughs) I think that's just like one of the, you know, one of the all time best videos.
0: Oh my goodness. I, I remember the choreography from it. And then these days, I see young kids and they're out there, they like do the choreography from the video. I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. Wow. You, you realize why, um, why he, he's legendary, is because mm. it, uh, the, the, he, conne- he connects, he connected, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Was, what was that like? It was what fascinating. Was, uh, it was fascinating. Yeah. You know, John Singleton uh, was a director and he was a very hot director. At that time, uh, and it was an all- black cast, it was amazing. We had wow. dancers from from New York and dancers from l a and that was a real big thing because usually New York dancers and LA dancers kind of stayed on their coast, you know with who mm-hmm. with the, with the hip hop artists or the music artists that they danced with. But um, this one was a big one, obviously, and so they kind of infused New York. Uh, and LA dancers and it was it was awesome it was awesome
1: wow oh my gosh that is that is so cool yeah <laughs> so cool you were in that video <laughs> one for the books yeah <laughs> yeah so um so you did that what led to you working with Bette Midler
0: um like I was saying I was an uh I became an assistant choreographer Mm -hmm. to to the choreographer tony basil and if you don't know who tony basil is she did um um oh mickey you're so fine you're so fine you blow my mind hey mickey that's her song and she was well known for for that song but she's also a choreographer and a director and she needed an assistant for a lot of projects that she uh, started working on in the 90s which was you know. uh, My Best Friend's Wedding, and mm. uh, That Thing You Do, and Legally Blonde, and I was her wow. assistant on on a, a lot of those projects, uh, assistant choreographer, and one day mm. she just said to me, you know, she'd always been working with big stars in the past, you know, David Bowie, and you know, things like that, so she was working with Bette Midler, and she said, well, Bette Midler is looking for some harlets. Do you think that you could um audition for her and I was like Harlettes what's that (laughs) what's that uh and it's her trio of singer dancers um that are kind of like you know a part of her performance Mm. act and I -hmm. didn't know that I wasn't familiar with that I was familiar with Bette Midler through her movies and things like that um but uh I said, sure, of course, because I wasn't going to say no. And (laughs) and, and Tony went, well, they're going to be singing, you know, so you're, you know, can you sing? And I was like, of course I can sing. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I auditioned and um, wow, that was a process that I had never been through before. It was multiple, multiple auditions on many, Mm. many levels uh, that required many different Uh, facets of yourself you had to be able to Mm. to sing and to dance and to sing and dance at the same time and Mm. to understand theater you know because her Mm. performance her live performance is very Mm. theatrical with characters and costumes and you know entering in and out of you know wings you know left and right stage up down stage you know there's a Mm. live band there's actual you know, charts, <laughs> you know, mm. uh, you know, um, just a beautiful, beautiful, uh, display of artistry all wrapped up in one. And I had never experienced that before. So the audition was like, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you, can you do this? Can you do that? Now try this. Now sing it with this person. Now sing it with that person. Try this, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, this threesome tried that one you know just changing us up and moving us around and it was such a process it went on for so long that I was like okay this is never going to happen for me <laughs> I'm just I think they're just <laughs> calling me back because um they have they just you know they just need to call somebody back but um when I was told I booked the gig I I couldn't believe it you know for the first time I was I thought wow they actually want me to work with with her, and I'm actually going to be a harlot. And then I thought, wow, and I have to quit my my day job. <laughs> at the time, I had a day job mm. <laughs> uh, at the Gap, uh, and you know, I was working at oh, the wow. Gap as a denim expert during the day, and then dancing through it during the night, and then oh, taking wow. these music videos on the side. You know, I was I was hustling, right? And yeah. and she's like, no, we're going on tour. You have to you have to put everything down, and. Uh, And uh, I was, that was a little scary, but I did. And Mm. life-changing, like life-changing experience.
1: And opportunity, yeah. Was there anything uh, that you were afraid to do?
0: Uh, No, not in terms of performance. I mean, in terms of performance, there was nothing that I was afraid to do. Mm. Uh, Like I said, the only thing was I hadn't had the experience of touring all around the country. Um, so, I didn't know what I was in for. I kept thinking, you know, what happens when you do these tours? I mean, <laughs> you yeah. know, how do you get paid and how, and, and how long does the job last? And little did I know it's gonna be a lifelong job off and on and, you know, a good payer, uh, a great payer and uh, making lifelong friends. I mean, I made friends from the band to the crew um, mm. that I still, uh, love and know today as friends mm. and, and practice mm. and, you know, and family, Yeah, so that that's, that's invaluable. The experience that I had,
1: Mm. Did you, were you and Melanie on that tour at the same Melanie time? Melanie
0: Taylor, yes. You've done an interview with her on your podcast. Yes. Yeah. Her and
1: I are sisters.
0: Yes, we are sisters. <laughs> we are, we are sister harlots, as we like to say. And we, yeah.
1: we've,
0: we've gone through that experience together. And I don't think that that can be, you know, that can, that can never be changed or torn down or redirected. We know the story. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> yeah, we, know the, we know the real story and we had the experience together unbelievable
1: yeah we're we're sisters oh nice um what did you learn working on that tour
0: i learned a lot i learned uh, uh, wow i learned so much from 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 the Bette midler point of view being a female superstar in this mm-hmm. industry you know how incredibly intelligent and talented uh and strong you have to be to have mm. such a long career, such a meaningful career, um, it, and such a legacy. I mean, she mm. she's not only a a, a singer, a performer, a, an actress, a comedian. You know, she's uh, wow. She she showed me so much. She's just everything. She's a little bit of everything. She manages, you know, her career and her money. She always has great people around her. Get great people around you. You know what I mean? Um, mm. Know that in order for you to do what you're going to do and, and, ex- and exceed in what you're doing, that you have to mm. surround yourself because no one can do it by themselves with really great people, great choreographers, Tony Basil, you know, um, mm. Uh, Bruce Valanche, great writers, uh, Joe Layton, great, uh, directors, um, you know, just surrounding yourself with really, really great people. Mm. Um, uh, every, every, and this was one of those gigs where you needed all those people to pull it off this tour, you know, from, from wardrobes to, uh, to stage and sets and band. I mean, Bobby Lyle, um, uh, was our first m d there mm-hmm. um, and music director and you know you got to put a great band together with great musicians and you know um, you know just every aspect every aspect was in this live show um, mm-hmm. you know you it, it was really great, great songwriting, great using mm-hmm. you know great music yeah. all of it every drop of my experience was uh, past experience uh, was used in, in those performances. And that was a great example is a great example to this day. I mean, she's still working, you know, is a great example of all of that. And I really got Mm. that from her, you know, just every, just exceptional in every aspect of it. Um, Mm. it was fabulous.
1: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, so you worked with Bette Midler and I know you also worked with Tina Turner. How'd that come about?
0: Tina Turner, a, a, another assistant choreography job, quite frankly, that was really mm-hmm. great. Um, it was really wonderful to work with her. She works quite differently uh, than my experience with Bette Midler. She's very much a rock and roll uh, mm. you know, diva and she would just come to work focused and prepared on whatever the daily task at hand and just classy um, and an amazing Mm. singer, the strongest voice I've ever heard. Um, You Mm. can tell that, you know, those chops are real Um, and just, just classy and to the point um, Mm. and centered, you know, (laughs) Uh, Mm. and, and was really the captain of her ship also in terms of you know, everyone respected her the musicians the from management on down um crew she came in she did the work uh and it was really great to watch her work so yeah mm. got very blessed in watching her uh and mm. in watching her work yeah mm, amazing um did you work with sheila e I worked with Sheila E, and she is another one of my best good girlfriends. Yes. <laughs> I worked with her on many levels, too. Another fantastic woman. This is Woman's Month, so, um, you know, I know a lot. And she's another exceptional, one-of-a-kind, brilliant mm-hmm. musician. Huh. Um, I've met her uh, wow. When I first started working with Bette Midler and I met her through Lynn Mabry, uh, an amazing singer. Um, um, I met her through Bette Midler and she uh, was very sweet and very nice. And we all hooked up as, as friends hanging out type of thing. Uh, and then, uh, she started to call me on some of her gigs and said, you know, I need some choreography here. Um, can you help me out with some steps, uh, to give to the band? I mean, cause she's, she's really a powerhouse herself. She doesn't really need anything, but she wanted kind of like a staged situation. And I think she just wanted to work with me and see, you know, Mm. and for us to work together. And I did some choreography for her band Mm -hmm. and some live shows. And she was really, really, really wonderful. Uh, Mm. And and just, you know, just a pro and just beautiful and talented on the inside out and just naturally blessed. Another naturally blessed artist where you Mm. go, wow. You know, just just blessed. So I worked with her and and we became really, really good friends. And she's another uh, sister sister of mine yeah yeah and i learned so much from watching her um uh, she would you know take me uh, to a lot of her live gigs and a lot of her live performances and just socially Mm -hmm. we hung out together and she just you know kind of showed me the ropes and how around town how you kind of you know deal with the fact that you're a woman in this business and you're going to face a lot of things um Mm -hmm but just to stay classy, you know, and and to remember, you know, um, what your purpose and point is and to stay focused and blessed about Mm -hmm. how you deal with uh, all things in the business. So learned
1: a lot from her. Mm. And I know you, um, you teach. Um, What has that meant to you and, and what kind of advice do you, um, have you passed on to your students? Well, I love to teach. I love
0: to teach. I think it's a really great way to give back what I've received over the years. Yeah. I love interacting with other talented people, young, talented folks that are out here trying to do this in this business and the landscape that they're you know, uh, faced with, cause it's different than what I was coming up with. Um, mm. you know, they have a lot of, um, how do you say they have to deal with a lot of, you know, Insta fame, a little bit more instant fame, yeah. uh, um, idealism, you know, more of that than I do. When I was coming up, it was like, you know, you take your classes, you know, uh, do the work. And nowadays, you know, these, my students usually come to me and they go, okay, so I'm going to be auditioning and get on television and then, you know, make it. (laughs) And I, Mm. I, I do understand that that's the landscape that that's out there now, but I definitely try to remind them that you have to actually be good at what you do. Um, be skilled at what you do and, uh, know the ins and out of what you do, you know, your mm. performance level, your, you know, your vocal skills, your movement and dance skills, because they want to be these famous artists that they see on television and, mm. you know, but they, they also need to understand the work that goes behind it and and the reality. I try to give my students reality. So I love teaching, giving back, uh, you know, uh, understanding what's happening these days with, with younger Mm -hmm. students. Um, And because I'm still out here, you know, they give something back to me too. They let me know what's happening on different, in different genres of music, different, you know, mediums are doing different things. Mm -hmm. Media is different Mm -hmm. out there. You know, it's the internet. It's, you know, it's streaming. It's, you know, all all kinds of things going on out there. So I'm incorporating Mm -hmm. that, getting that information from them also. So it's a give and take. And this is why I love, I love teaching and love uh, staying connected, you know?
1: Yeah, certainly, you know, I I think, uh, I definitely think teaching is something that can keep you connected and kind of looking forward.
0: Yeah. And growing, you know, you're growing when you're getting
1: information,
0: you know, I don't always, you know, I'm, I'm not usually the one. I don't think I've ever been the one, you know, to kind of, you know, stand in line to get on a television show. That's kind of, you know, not yeah. what, what my opportunities were, but I do yeah. realize that they are faced with those opportunities, chances to get on television, chances to be Internet stars, you know, the, you know this Internet yeah. star stardom that's happening and those are their options, you know, but I definitely mm. try to remind them that it all still matters. You know, Your mm. studying still matters. Practice rehearsal, um, the way mm. you carry yourself, um, you know, and that these things are, this is long-term. You want to be a long-term artist, mm. not a short-term one, you know, and you want to make a difference. You know, you want to give, um in your career so I, I try to implement all that I try to push all that into my teaching and in my interaction with them um, mm. so that they they take something with them something real you know and something yeah. something good
1: yeah I love that I love it um you know just going back a little bit you know speaking of being a woman in this business and um and all of everything that that can come along with it. Um, What would be your advice for, you know, well, women in this business and, uh, you know, the climate is changing. It's kind of the, it's been uh, a me too moment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Lots of things have come to light, Mm -hmm. you know, different uh, predators in the business kind of being outed. Right. Um, And, you know, just kind of, what are your thoughts about that? And what are your thoughts about, you know, sort of speaking up, maybe there's a lot of different questions here, but um your thoughts on being the person to maybe be in a situation where you have to speak up and um yes, has that happened to you at all? Being in a situation, being a woman who's had to speak up for herself and being worried about losing your job or something like that.
0: Absolutely. And on many different levels, I think these things happen on many different levels i think that must be understood that not everyone is victimized or approached um negatively on the same level uh sometimes mm-hmm. it's very subtle ways of right. um you know i uh, come, coming through intimidation or you know uh, or sometimes it's very overt and and you, you straight up being told something you know yeah. it happens on many diff- different levels that's what I want to say first and then yeah. secondly absolutely I've definitely had situations where I've been involved in a project and I clearly understand that the women are being you know kind of um what's the word you know you, you're being chosen uh, mm-hmm. to, uh by either the artist or, or the management is choosing you for the artist or, Mm -hmm. you know, or something is happening there where someone is making some type of proposition to you where it's Mm -hmm. like, Hey, if you want to work more or, Hey, if you want to, you know, hang out with this artist and have more opportunities, then you should, you know, give us the signal, act accordingly, speak, speak a certain way, act a certain way. And in, in order to get these opportunities, that's that that happens a lot. And I've definitely been uh, in situations where I've decided that uh, no, I don't want that opportunity. You really have to be clear, yeah, about your intentions um, when you when you when you're presented with these types of things. And to be specific, it's like no, I I won't mm. have you know, dinner with this artist in order to uh, ensure that I'll be called on the next gig. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You know, these things you don't, you just, you make it very clear. That, that's from my point of view. I also understand you can get victimized without making it very clear. They will definitely, you know, proposition you. You have to decide what you're going to do with that. My decisions are always, no, I am not a victim. No, I won't be victimized. And, you know, hmm. uh, I guess I lose out on this opportunity. You have to decide ahead of time, you know, yeah. who you are um, uh, and what you can live with. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. You know, I personally choose not to live with the idea that I need to be helped out in that way <laughs> you know yeah. through t- some type of proposition or some type of, of, of abuse in order to get anywhere in this business I, yeah. that's not my call that's not my choice um, mm. but but i understand that it happens on many different levels all the time and yeah. it's definitely happened to me you know and through my course of going through you know doing music videos or doing tours um, and if it hasn't happened to me, I've watched it happen to other women around me um, where they've been put in situations. Some of them accepted because they wanted the opportunity and others had to, um, you know, just kind of battle their way through it. So mm. it exists. I know it happens. Mm. It's happened to me on, on certain levels, never in a yeah. way, never in a way where I've had to you know, um, to take any type of legal stance against it or anything, but it exists, yeah. you know, Yeah. it exists and it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Yeah. And we do have to face that. And we do have to choose and fight against it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's really, a sh- I, I, in my um conversation with Casey, who I, Casey Clanton, who I know that we both know, and I met yes. Yes, I very love much. her. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she said, like you have to also be willing to. It's like you're saying, be willing to lose a job, mm-hmm. um, be fired, whatever. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there just doesn't seem to be any kind of, you know, uh, in most situations, any type of HR, you know. Right. Oh my goodness! For what we do for a living,
0: there's there's no there's no hr you know uh, yeah. department or number specifically i I'm, I'm very sure if you had some type of case you could go to the union and they would help you um after yeah. sag uh union would mm-hmm. would give you their resources and help you deal with it so i don't want you to i don't want to say that there's nothing you know what i mean well, um but yeah. i do want to say that there's no you know we don't work in a nine-to-five job or 10 to 6, however they say it these days. We don't work in a job where you can just call up the HR department and, and, write, and make a complaint. You know, mm-hmm. you really are responsible um, to a great uh, extent uh, to monitor your own career. Even if you have a manager or an agent, uh, it is very much so up to you to decide mm-hmm. and to know and to speak when you are a victim and being abu- abused in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Yeah. You, have to, you have to find that um, and be brave and find that within yourself to speak out. And be brave enough to, like Casey said, and like, uh, lose a job, you know? Or not be yeah. in favor with this director or this choreographer or this, mm-hmm. um, you know, agent. Or, mm. you know, you have, to, you have to be, you have to love yourself way more than you love just booking a gig, you know, Mm. because there are no guarantees in booking a gig. Mm. (laughs) There's no guarantee uh, that you're going to get this thing that, uh, that, that you're being promised. There is a guarantee that you're going to have to live with yourself. Um, Mm. You know, uh, Mm. so I would say, go with your gut, put yourself first. And if you feel in any way that you're being abused uh or victimized, speak up,
1: yeah, yeah, it's great advice, thank you so much. I love that speak, so out. speak out, speak <laughs> out, yeah, and speak out
0: absolutely,
1: yeah, what do you think um what would you consider the hardest thing you you've ever been through and and how did you overcome it?
0: you mean uh professionally. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: or, or not either way.
0: I think, I think that there's no one thing that's been hard. What's been hard or one challenging is the ebb and flow of this business where you are quote unquote successful one minute. And then the next minute you are trying to hold it together, you know, with, you know, with tape (laughs) or, or, or glue or anything that you can, uh, use to hold it together. And what I mean by that is that's another thing I try to teach my students. You know, you don't get on, um, you don't get in this business and continue to climb to the top. That is not how it works, in my experience, mm-hmm. you, there, it's, it's a roller coaster. There are ups, extreme ups. There are downs, extreme downs. And there's places in the middle you know, uh, mm-hmm. on this roller coaster ride. And that's really, over the years, what's been challenging. Um, mm-hmm. You don't really arrive anywhere. You don't arrive at, ta- ta-da, now I'm here. And nothing will change. There will always be a time when you're doing very well. Uh, and then there will be a time when you're not doing well at all. And there will be a time when you need to reinvent yourself, you know? Mm. And uh, that's, that's real, you know? Mm. And so you can't assume when things are going very well that they won't uh, not go so well. A month mm. later, six months later, a year later. Yeah. It's a matter of a phone call sometimes that changes your schedule, that changes your life, that changes, you know, on a daily basis, how you deal when you get up in the morning and go to bed at night you know um mm-hmm. what your financial situation is what uh what your career is like going forward you know sometimes mm-hmm. you're you're on this level where you're. i'm working with pros i'm making money everything's going well nothing can stop me i have arrived you know that's mm-hmm. a facade you know because mm-hmm. you know the next moment you're at you know wow uh where's the money, you know, that I make, uh, you know, bills are due. And I'm actually working on a gig where I'm like, wow, I don't know. It's questionable. The level of professionalism here, it's questionable. You know, if this gig is going to last any longer than today or tonight, you know, and mm. uh, you know, the challenge goes on. I think once again, it's just not one thing. It's the, yeah. it's, it's the roller coaster ride you know right uh that that you're on as an artist um you know i try to keep my roller coaster going by being multifaceted multi you know tasking and going like okay i'm singing on this gig okay i'm singing and dancing on this gig okay i'm a choreographer on this gig. I'm just giving out movement. I'm just. I mean, whether they're big gigs or little gigs, I'm keeping myself moving. You know, I'm I'm in motion. I'm trying to stay in motion constantly because you never know who you're going to meet. You know, uh, and this gig leads to that gig. All of that is true. Um, mm. But really, the tough part is being able to see from the top when you're on top, and see from the bottom when you're on bottom, and see in the middle when things aren't clear. You know, mm. uh, when when you're going, I'm not sure where this is going to lead, where this gig is going to lead. I'm not sure where knowing this person is going to lead because it's about your connections. And I'm not sure if I'm going in the right direction, you know, mm. if this is what I want for myself. Um, usually yeah. I'm the type of person who takes advantage of all opportunities, but Uh, You know, just because it's there and it's shiny doesn't mean it's, you know, doesn't mean it's gold. (laughs) So, Mm. uh, you know, it's really important to understand the animal that is the entertainment business and you have to stay in motion Um, and you have to, you have to love that. That sounds so crazy, but you have Mm. to love the idea that things are going to change and there will be ups and there will be downs and that you have to constantly find yourself in those ups and in those downs. And in, mm. in, in the idea of going forward all the time, forwardness mm. is really the deal. So it sounds like, you know, this big, you know, concept, but really it, it, it's, it's the way it is. Mm. It, it, it really is the way it is out here. And you got to, you know, you got to be tough, but you have to be pliable. All at the same time. Mm. You know, and you have to be, you have to be, you know, um, business minded. But then in some places, it's like, well, it's not about the money. It's about paying the bills at this moment. Or it's not about the money. It's about making this connection or going in this direction so that I can mm. start to go forward again, you know, or go forward mm. in this direction. So you really, really. I uh, have to take a look at you, who you are as a person, what you will and will not put up with. And then you have to take a look at the, the, the landscape, the canvas that you're on. You yeah. know, is that working for me? Uh, you know, uh, it might be might be a minute before I can get my footing again. Is that OK? What can I do in the interim? What can I work on as an artist in the interim? Okay, so maybe I'm not doing big gigs, but maybe I'm taking vocal lessons and and dance classes, and maybe I'm, or maybe I'm just taking, I don't know, uh, a knitting class, (laughs) you know, something Mm. that keeps me creative and forward and, you know, focused. So you do have to take a good look at yourself, learn yourself, know yourself, take a good look around, you know, and Mm. and find a balance. Mm. Find a
1: balance for yourself. Oh my gosh. So good. So I'm, good. I'm so I love it. I'm so we just glad. talk all the time. <laughs> we sure can. <laughs> I need to call you every day.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it. And I hope that, you know, I hope that something comes out of my mouth that's, you know, worth sharing. Uh, oh my gosh. Because that's what it's all about. And, and sharing yeah. information is, is really important. So thank you for the opportunity to share you know, some some of my information with you. Oh,
1: of course. Yeah. Well, this was wonderful. I, uh, I loved it. So inspired. Um, Where can we find you on social media?
0: You can always find me on <laughs> Facebook and Instagram uh, I'm definitely on Facebook and Instagram and I'm and my and my project is out now that that you are on also um, you know uh Bella Brown and the Jealous Lovers that's a that's a kind of soul music R&B project music project that you are singing on with me um I am. doing that Um, I have, I'm, I'm the project girl. I have lots of projects, (laughs) (laughs) but you can find me, you can find me on social media anywhere. Carol hatchet, find me. I got lots of projects. I got lots of things going on. Um, (laughs) I'm doing lots of locals around town with, uh, you know, um, with uh cover tune bands. I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm doing a little bit of everything. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm working with a, a, a really great guy named Nick Waterhouse right now. We're going, uh, we're going out on tour to Europe for a couple of weeks. And oh. he has a retro soul uh, project that I sing on. Um, uh, and uh, he, his recording uh, just was released on March 9th and we're out and we'll be out and about for the rest of the year. So Nick Waterhouse, mm-hmm. uh, Bella Brown and the Jealous Lovers, um, lots of good stuff
1: out there. Woo. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Carol. I really appreciate it. Thank
0: you, Jamila. Love you, girl.
1: Keep Love going. you what too.
0: You
1: doing? Uh, oh my gosh, you guys. So good. So much good stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, so let's do the takeaways. The quote unquote singing lessons, which um, there will be a cheat sheet available in the show notes of this episode. Um, you can click on a link to the workingsingpodcast.com. There's a cheat sheet available there along with links to Carol's social media and um, some of the things that we mentioned in the episode. So go there, um, check out all of those goodies, get your cheat sheet and um, like I said in the last episode, keep it close close, close to your heart. I'm an idiot. I didn't sleep very much last night. So (laughs) anyway, here are the takeaways from this episode. Number one, you're going to have to decide what you want and then do the work. Number two, surround yourself with great people. Number three, when you work with the greats, pay attention and take notes. Number four, stay classy and remember what your purpose and point is. Number five, you have to be skilled at what you do and know the ins and outs of what and know the ins and outs of what you do. Understand the work and the reality that goes behind it. Number 6. Sometimes you have to decide who you are and what you can live with. Number 7. You have to love yourself way more than your desire to book a gig. Number 8. Don't get into this business thinking you're going to climb to the top. There is no arrival. It's a business of ups and downs, and you have to find yourself in those ups and downs. So good. Oh my gosh, such wise friends. Number nine, just because an opportunity is there and shiny doesn't make it gold. Number 10, you have to be tough and pliable all at the same time. Guys, so much good stuff. Download that cheat sheet, imprint it on your mind. This is such good I mean, you... Some people charge to give you this information, and you're getting it here for free. Um, so let me know what you think. I'm on Instagram. Follow me there at Jamila Ford Music. Send me a message. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Um, also, rate, subscribe, download the episode, share it with your friends. Um, it really does help other people to find the podcast. And we want to, want it to get to as many singers as we can, because um, it is a hard job. It's tough. It's hard to navigate. There's no blueprint. And, you know, the more that we can share information and just feel supported, the easier it makes the whole thing. So and let me say one other thing, Like so much of this um, work, and I feel like any work in general is so much about mindset. And I've given that so much thought lately because I, you know, am someone who has, um, felt defeated, you know, at times and didn't quite know how to proceed and has felt like I couldn't make a good decision. I, you know, at one point just didn't even trust myself to make any kind of decision. Um, and you know, I've had to over the years really, um, especially in this last year and a half, really transform. You know, just the way I think about things, and I've um, a lot of that has had to do with something I want to want to turn you on to. If you don't listen to it already, and that's don't keep your day job with Kathy Heller. Um, she had a a two day workshop recently called Dreamtopia, and it was. Uh, geared towards you know entrepreneurs. The don't keep your day job podcast is geared towards entrepreneurs, um, and that's what we are. You know, we're I kind of yeah, you know, we're singerpreneurs, as you know, as it were. And you know, we have to uh, with all of our goals and and to keep moving forward, have a really healthy mindset, and you know, try to process things in a way that um is beneficial to us and can keep us really just uh, moving forward, um, being hopeful, and maintaining that, that spark, maintaining that fire, that can be really hard. So anyway, um, you know, as part of that workshop, that was a big, the f- whole day, first day was like, um, geared towards mindset. And, um, you know, the, the pot, her podcast um addresses that a lot. She interviews entrepreneurs. They talk a, a ton about, you know, just uh, the thoughts that are bouncing around in your head, the fact that you don't have to be attached to those thoughts. Um and it really helped me to um transform my my thinking about about certain things. My thinking about, you know, being a singer and and you know, the fact that that's not the totality of of who I am. And that's kind of the reason that I decided to start the podcast. Um, You know, I started listening to Kathy's podcast last year. Um, They had a podcast about starting a podcast. (laughs) And I thought, you know, that's something I'd wanted to do. I put it on the back burner. Um, I kind of ignored that impulse, you know, even after like doing lots of research on the subject and putting a lot of things in place and getting advice, I kind of ignored that impulse. And that was like through maybe three or four years ago or something. And I, you know, I just didn't do it. And then like last year I was like, you know, it was just a year of trying a ton of things. And that was something that, um, you know, came back up for me and I had a really strong desire to do it. And, um, you know, and then last summer I started, um, recording these interviews. And so I've just been at it ever since, ever since. And a big part of that has just been, you know, transforming the way I think about things. The fact that I made the decision that I'm going to take on this, um, project, I want to do something that creates value for other people, um, for other singers. Um, and, uh, and not give up and not quit and you know figure it out and um, and so you know I want to pass that along to you if you've not heard that podcast it really has transformed a lot for me and um, you know so I, I wish the same for you you know I I get your messages and I've, some of you I've met in in person and um, you know I went to Wendy Wagner's um, workshop a couple of weeks ago is the was that last week or the week before and I was just amazed at how many singers were already listening to the podcast like oh yeah I listen and I'm like oh my god you know I can see that people are listening I I, I have stats that I can tell how many downloads happen but to um, I don't know be in the room with an actual physical human being who is uh, listening and enjoying it and learning something that does my heart good and that you know makes me feel um you know, a little bit more of my purpose, because that was another thing, you know, I have gone through those moments where I've wondered, like, really what my purpose is. And, you know, I'm a singer and all that kind of thing. But, you know, there is a lot of disappointment that comes along with um, trying to do this job. And um, you spend a lot of time thinking about yourself and being in your own head. And, you know, um, so if you can do things, teach, start a podcast um create a workshop something that share where you can share what you know um i think that just um you know gives you a bigger sense of purpose and you know one thing that um i'd heard recently and i think it was on Kathy's podcast was you know the opposite of uh depression isn't happiness the opposite of depression is purpose and you know I know that time there have been times in my life where I, when I felt the saddest the the lowest the most depressed is when I haven't um where I wasn't feeling like I was fulfilling any kind of purpose in the world and that is not a great feeling and so that was one you know that has been a big resource um for me as far as um you know transforming that mindset and thinking about Um, failure and struggle in a new way, in a healthier way, and thinking, okay, that didn't work. Let's move on to the next thing, you know, or why didn't that work? And, you know, let's see how we can, you know, work through this instead of like, you know, making it some kind of an indictment on your value and your worth (laughs) as a human being, you know, which was kind of where I was um, for a while. So, um, you know, and I will talk more about my story in, um, coming episodes, um, and I'm going to do it in a fun way. Um, so stay tuned for that. That'll happen soon. I can't say exactly when, cause I haven't recorded that episode yet, but I want to do it in an interesting way. So, um, anyway, you know, I really appreciate you guys listening. I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart, um, and i want you to do well and um you know that's kind of why i'm like gathering all of this information and um you know if i can help i hope this is helping um you know i feel for you <laughs> it's not an easy job it's not an easy way of life i think you got to be a slightly crazy <laughs> um so anyway you know um i appreciate you listening i love you i will um You know i'll be thinking of you please dm me on instagram oh i also opened a uh facebook group um i can't even believe i didn't i almost forgot to mention that i opened a facebook group it is the working singer podcast community so join the community um talk about what you um loved about the episode what you'd love to hear more of Um, if you're not hearing it yet i do have a lot of things planned um, and I'm excited about it and um, I'm excited to get to know all of you so come on to Facebook, join the community follow me on Instagram and um, let's keep in touch I will talk to you next week